0: to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky.
1: Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us.
2: Thanks for tuning in. Here we go.
1: Hello and welcome to The B-Sides. Hello, hello. Hi, we are a podcast where we spend hours taking notes on our Spotify new releases playlists, but then also maybe misplace those notes. And so we're so glad that you're here today because today we're going to be talking about up and coming artists that we're really excited about and force you to engage with some new music that can be a little bit hard. And so we're here to we're here to help. So first things first, subscribe if you haven't already. We come out every other Wednesdays, so subscribing makes it easier to keep up and open up the description on this episode to find other ways to join our this internet home.
2: So while we're here, some regular quick announcements. First, if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. For $5 a month, you'll receive one playlist, behind the scenes content, and one bonus mini episode all per month. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash
0: the B-sides. Please do. And second, we now have a merch storefront on TeePublic. The link to that is also in the show notes if you want to buy some B-sides merch. And lastly, join us on the internet. The link
2: to join our Discord is in the show notes. Join us on Instagram. And we also have a TikTok, Twitter, and a Facebook too, all linked below. Thanks for being on this
1: pop music ride with us so as you might have guessed today's episode is going to be a little bit different a little bit fun uh each of us is going to take some time and shout out some artists we're excited about and why we think they're going to be household names in a year or less or maybe a little bit longer than a year from now time who knows it's not real it's we're all we're all working on borrowed time <laughs> so <laughs> it's a it happens, new year.
0: it happens and we'll just be excited for that And
1: what's fun for you is you'll get to listen to it in your household now. So, right. It's a new year, which means it's a reset. We've got lots of artists announcing new albums. We've got Miley Cyrus, Sam Smith, Shania Twain, Lana Del Rey, and Paramore, to name a few. While we're excited for these artists, we wanted to spend some time today talking about some lesser known people who we are equally, if not more, pumped about in the year 2023. Because it's a new year, which also means a blank slate. Not to be confused with Taylor Swift's smash hit (laughs) blank space. New artists can enter the arena, though getting yourself or others to listen to new artists can sometimes be a challenge. Our brains are literally hardwired to replay stuff we like and know. Do I reach for Speak Now to play a 50th time instead of listening to my new release Fridays? More times than not. Yes. Why? Because the nostalgia of listening and the core memories that that album brings up for me outweigh the pressure of liking and listening to something
0: unfamiliar. And I didn't just make this up. There's actually a science behind that from a Pitchfork article. Yes, and we'll share the science with you now. So here's a quote from that Pitchfork article. Our brains change as they recognize new patterns in the world, which is what makes brains well useful when it comes to hearing music, a network of nerves in the auditory cortex called the cortico-fugal network helps catalog the different patterns of music when a specific sound maps onto a pattern, our brain releases a corresponding amount of dopamine, the main chemical source of some of our most intense emotions. This is the essential reason why music triggers such powerful emotional reactions and why as an art form, it is so inextricably tied to our emotional responses.
1: Yeah. And I think we can all agree about that as people who listen to a lot of music and a lot of pop music too, that really releases the dopamine. And so that's why we're here today, basically to force you to listen to to new music. And that's really for the health of our brains. And I think in this like dreary February weather too, um, new things to sort of spice up your life are really good. And hearing something you love for the first time releases dopamine in the brain. So you're going to be hooked and you're going to be happy that we can guarantee. And you'll also feel connected to the world. I don't know about you guys, but I can remember during the first year of the pandemic when Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande released rain on me and hearing that song for the first time was exhilarating. And so I hope today you can have some of that small part of joy that I had listening to rain on me for the first time.
0: That song. The only reason I feel bittersweet about that song is because I just feel like without the pandemic, it just would have been like the biggest song in the whole world. Like it would have been I know everywhere. And I I think that's fair to say for a lot of people, which is why um we want to take you
1: into our Nor- Nor- Normani corner. That was a very good segue for us, Hannah. Thank yes. you. <laughs> um we as an aside, I I think we have to bring this up. Um, as we talked about Normani recently, um, but it, when putting together this stock, it made me think about our end of a decade episode in 2019 where we like all kind of agreed that I'll just auto-corrected Normani to normal, um, <laughs> where we all agree that Normani would be the breakout artist of 2020. Of course, it's hard to know what would have happened. If the pandemic didn't hit, which like is everything. Um, what her career have skyrocketed. Who's to say, but I, this is a good to listen to our retrospective episode 50 from just a few weeks ago to hear more of our Normani takes.
0: So, yeah, apparently having a Normani corner is a new standing segment in this show. Honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I, I'd i be happy to have a Normani corner at any relevant B-Sides episode that's upcoming. So, right. So sometimes we try really hard and we think we can predict the future. And sometimes we are wrong. Although, as we maintained, we think Normani's time is coming. It's just not in 2020 because now that's three years ago. But anyway sometimes we get it wrong hopefully today we're gonna get it right well only time will tell we were like we have gotten it right in the past and we were talking about this just before we we pressed record you know the b-sides started in 2017 and two of the artists that like the b-sides when it started was obsessed with was lizzo and dua lipa which now it's like embarrassing to even suggest that those were like up-and-coming artists but they really were. Like before New Rules, Dua Lipa's first album, which is so good. Like some people knew, but a lot of people didn't. And Lizzo for sure was underrated. So sometimes we do know what we're talking about. Hopefully that's today too. I
1: would say we always know what we're talking about. It's whether or not <laughs> the people who pay the get paid the big bucks know what they're talking about. I love it. Mm. <laughs>
2: And while we are talking about, um, the pandemic and the passage of time, I just want to say that to me, 2017 is three years ago. And in fact, actually, but also at the same time, 1970 is 30 years ago. And both of these things are true. And I do know what I'm talking about. So if you have the same feeling, um, about these years, just know that I'm with you, but sound um, off in
1: the comments,
2: sound off (laughs) in the comments. But I will indulge the illusion that it is 2023 for the rest of this
1: episode. If we must. If we have to. Okay. Which is good, Mimi, while I have you. Um, If you would like to kick us off with your first pick. I would love to. Okay. So
2: my first pick is Omar Apollo. He showed up on one of my uh, Spotify radio mixes at some point, I think a few months ago. And I just think he's great. He was one of, I, I didn't know this, um, until after the fact that he was one of the nominees for best new artist at the Grammys this year, allegedly 2023, which is an interesting category to me in general, because most of the people who win are now very well known, like since the 1960s and then the rest of the nominees are sort of a grab bag of artists who are also now well known or relatively obscure i would say like most of them have wikipedia pages but they're not necessarily household names you know and um it's also interesting because for a really long time i think it was there were 5 nominees total and now there are 10 Starting in 2019, there were eight and now there are 10. So it's like just a numbers game. I really don't think that everyone is going to be that well-known or end up super successful, but I hope he is. He lost to Samara Joy, who is an amazing jazz singer and does not quite fit the genres or music stylings we talk about in this podcast, but I'm happy for her. Um, so anyway, back to Omar Apollo. He's basically a gay pop prince. He's like very conventionally handsome. And at some point in 2022, um, a fan, I don't know if they're, a, they might be a hater. <laughs> a person. It's hard to, it's hard to parse. <laughs> like, I'm not sure that they even know. So um, accused this person accused him of queer baiting, aka pretending to be queer for clout. And he had this amazing reply on Twitter that I'm not going to say on a hot mic because it's a little too explicit, but I did love it. And the I PG sucker dick. <laughs> Becky's going to
0: say it. <laughs> yeah, FR. Clarifying his position. And then the more And it PG was beautiful. Version, Some of us suck dick for real. So.
2: <laughs> yes. And the more PG version of that is uh, in an interview, he said basically that in the beginning of his career, he felt like, um, he was trying to keep the mystique quote, but I don't even care anymore. Now I'm just like, I'm very gay, which I think is, is sweet. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. The, the two, the Twitter version of that versus the like NPR interview version of that. Uh, so his, his so a little background on him. His parents immigrated from Mexico, and they both worked multiple jobs to support him and his siblings. And he was born in 1997, and so that means he's young enough that like he was able to learn guitar over YouTube. Different generation Then I mean I guess you can we could still do that, but you know as a child, um, and he put his first songs out on SoundCloud as a teen in the late 2010s, um, and his first song is called "You Got Me." And I have just seen his music and related press showing up a lot more and more in the past few months. And he just seems very talented and earnest and funny. And I love some of his songs, um, like Evergreen, Endlessly, Archetype. There's kind of like a Latino folk sort of vibe to him and his music, but also some R&B in the mix and some kind of genre bending and he just has like a very special emotive voice that can shift gears in some really interesting ways there's like a special sort of yearning in his music and it just feels like we are due for a new boy pop star don't you Mm -hmm. think yeah okay so um just a little more description from an npr interview quote Omar Apollo wears his heart on his sleeve. The singer-songwriter, who grew up in Indiana and taught himself to sing and play guitar via YouTube, started doling out heartbroken anthems and pining confessions to SoundCloud as a teenager. Ivory, the artist's newly released full-length debut, finds Apollo at his most experimental yet, coasting from psych pop dance songs to stripped-down soul and bilingual hip hop in the span of nearly 40 minutes. Whoa! But that inescapable feeling of yearning is still front and center. And so for a so. It's hard to kind of pin down one artist that he's like, but for a touchstone, maybe um, comparable sort of artist, he reminds me a little of Frank Ocean and maybe a little of Leon Bridges and Boy Pablo. And you can check out his Tiny Desk concert, which is very charming, as so many Tiny Desk concerts are, but not all of them, you know what I mean? Um, And I think that, we should all care about him because he, he seems quite unique. He skates between genres with this like emotional resonance. That's quite special and he's charming and fun. And so that's, I, I think, I think, um, and he's got a good personality and I think he's going to go somewhere with it. So songs to start with, if you're going to start listening evergreen is probably his most popular one and um, and endlessly, and they are very different, um, sonically, which cool. is fun too. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: oh, can I, I... some cute photos of him.
1: Oh yeah. On a uh, Popgrave, the Twitter account. Oh,
2: pop shout grave out to pop is
1: grave.
0: Just...
2: Pop grave <laughs> is, is always doing grave. the
1: Lord's work. <laughs> shout out.
0: I don't think I follow PopCrave, but I feel like I'm always seeing Popcrave. I because exactly. I send them to you. you
1: That's don't need to follow them because I send them
2: to you. <laughs> I know you've sent enough that I will never follow Pop Crave, but it will always be in my newsfeed, no matter what Elon Musk does to Twitter. Like it's it stone in my newsfeed, you know, or uh, time what's it called on Twitter? Time line timeline. Or whatever, yeah, Is it a timeline?
1: I don't know. Yeah,
2: I thought so. TL. Okay. The TL. All right. The TL. And the songs that I'm recommending and the ones that we're recommending all episode long are going to go into a playlist for all of you to listen to, not just the Patreon playlist and everyone playlist. So stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and see you in a minute.
0: And we're back. All right. Very exciting to hear about our first artist. And I'm going to share our next artist for today. Um, My first pick for us is Ethel Kane. Ethel Kane is a really cool artist that is not the kind of music I usually listen to, but I feel like really is an artist to watch. So I want to be on the record saying that Ethel Kane is going to be a big deal. Um, and want to tell you all about her. So Ethel Kane is a stage name. Her human name is Hayden and Hedonia. And the way that um Hayden thinks of Ethel Kane is very fascinating to me. So I wanted to tell you um, how she thinks of Ethel, like from her own words. So this is a quote, um, from Hayden, uh, saying to billboard, Ethel Kane is kind of my dark evil twin. She's not evil per se, but we have both been through similar situations. If I didn't choose to heal and forgive and forget, I would ultimately be destroyed, which is what happens to her. She is the mirrored version of what my life would be like if I chose not to get better. So as that intro might, you know, uncover, she tackles pretty heavy topics in her music, um, which is a little bit pop adjacent, but mostly I would say folk and rock. Um, And she tackles some heavy topics, which includes abuse. And I thought the way that she thinks about how that topic relates to Ethel is also interesting. So I wanted to share this. She said, when I write it into a song, And this is one of the reasons that I created this alter ego instead of releasing it as myself, it's, is that it's like, I give it to her when it's happening to her. It's no longer happening to me. It's now her problem. I thought that was such an interesting way of thinking about your stage name. It's not just like, oh, I want to have a new name or I want a more marketable name. It's like, this is a, this, this serves a purpose in my life to separate out the artist. So, Ethel Kane, she not only writes and sings on everything, but she produces everything too. Um it's see, my understanding is that all of her music is like bedroom computer music, like stuff she makes in her bedroom. I mean, it's it's obviously it sounds professional, but it's really cool. Um apparently she does have a few collaborators she works with for like very specific instruments that she doesn't know how to play. I'm like, that's it. And here's another quote, the last quote I'll share from her. She says about self-production. She says, I go on TikTok every now and then, and by now I then, I do mean all of the time I'm addicted to the endless media scrolling and see kids on there that are learning how to produce, she says, with an excited smile. This is in that same article. I swear to God, the industry is going to see a big shift towards the favor of the artist in the near future when the artist relies less on the industry to make music. That's what I'm excited about." So I think that's so cool. Um, Ethel Kane is, um, I didn't write down exactly how old she is but she's pretty young. Um, she is from a um, like a Southern Baptist family and um, kind of like coming to terms with like deep religiosity is also a theme in a lot of her albums she's trans she came out as a trans woman just a few years ago so i think ethel kane also like serves as that as as that purpose for her um and i just think she's like a really incredible person and artist so i think you should know her because first of all rolling stone said so which is kind of a joke but this is how I actually first found out about her. There was a write-up about her in Rolling Stone. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. And another reason you should know about her is that um, Barack Obama included a song of hers in his roundup of his 2022 favorite songs.
2: Barack Obama's intern or
0: whoever like puts those together. I was like thinking today, I was like, whose job is this? And does Barack have to listen? Like- Does Barack have to listen to each song at least once to be like this? I'm like, this is okay. Because I'm sure that these are not actually his favorite songs, but maybe they are. He probably has someone else he
2: trusts. Listen, he probably has someone put them together. Someone else he trusts to listen on his behalf. And he hasn't heard a single one of them ever.
1: (laughs) Sasha and Malia probably are like, "Oh, dad.
0: I listened to this song, but yeah, maybe put it on. Checks out. Um, if I had to say who she sounds like, um, I would say Florence and the machine plus like Lana Del Rey and then plus metal as just the concept, I will say
2: the concept, the (laughs) genre or the concept of metal as
0: an album. I meant the genre, but actually there are a few songs where the concept of metal does her, her last album is. Every song is very different. It definitely goes into a, a story and a, and like a journey. It's very cohesive, but it starts off like pretty accessible. And by the end is like very, I don't know if metal is the right word, but it's certainly not pop adjacent anymore. And there's definitely some metallic sounds at the end. Um, When I was listening to her the other day, I like had this epiphany that she sounds like Florence in the Machine. And I was like, so proud of myself. I was like, oh, Hannah, you're so clever. And then I Googled her and I wasn't even Googling Florence and the Machine, but apparently like everybody says that. And Florence and the Machine like loves Ethel Kane. And I am like not unique at all for having that observation. <laughs> um, and if you have to start with anything with a song to listen to Ethel Kane, I would recommend American Teenager. Um, it's really good. We've talked about it on the podcast and on the B-sides in the past, it's like definitely going to be one of my favorite and possibly most played songs of 2023. My only caveat, it is the most accessible, most pop adjacent song that she has. So in some ways, it's a good thing to start with. And in other ways, it might actually give the wrong impression of the rest of her music. So enjoy the journey. I, so that's mine. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I really like that song and that some the other things. And I was like,
0: OK, <laughs> right, 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 right. I was like, I still oh. like
1: this, but I really like American Teenager.
0: Yeah. 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 That's real. Well, how about Becky? I you tell American us- Teenager
1: like oh. on a walk when it was like pitch black out and it was like cold. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's like one of those like movie scenic songs. Yes.
0: Oh, it would be yeah. so good in a soundtrack. I bet it's in a soundtrack. Yeah. I already. Or it will be. be. Or in a trailer. It's so cinematic. It's really a yeah. special song. All right. You want to ask me again? Ethel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Becky, tell us who's your pick, your first pick. So
1: this should come as no surprise, but this is uh, my pick for rising stars, uh, Renee Rapp, who is like our little sweet theater girly Renee, who you more than likely know Renee from her quote unquote breakout role. And I put that in quotes because we'll be talking a little bit more about her. Uh, going on but her for her role in sex lives of college girls the Mindy Kaling HBO series about four friends at a private college in New Hampshire have you both watched it
0: yes love that show
2: yeah they're the the fashions a little
0: Could they don't like... dress her well specifically yeah yes yeah. so Renee plays Leighton
1: or Layton, a now out gay freshman who comes from a privileged rich family in New York she starts off as like sort of snobby and judgmental, but as seasons go on, you learn more about her and why, but no spoilers coming from this pod about sex life of college girls,
0: except um, that spoiler that we don't like her outfits. Yes. <laughs> um. But Renee
1: to everyone else, if you ask her for her breakout role, she's the winner of the Jimmy Awards in 2018 for best performance by an actress. And the Jimmies are the national high school musical theater award, which is the Tonys for teenagers. And performers qualified deal. by winning a regional competition in one of approximately 40 participating theaters across the country. And they travel to New York to perform in a talent showcase, which is held on Broadway. And then winners and finalists receive a scholarship. So if you will just so indulge me, because this will not be on the playlist, I would, I would just like you guys to listen to her at 18.
0: Chaplin, you may think I'm rather small Cause the posh papers are th- your feet so go ahead and snap me and don't return my cars and build your house on top of easy street but what you gonna do when it all down because i let a little room spread what you gonna do when i change the okay
1: name of we the- don't need to indulge further because i know we're not a broadway podcast <laughs> but as you can see she's literally literally 18 in that she's so good so after her win she dabbled in some other small theater productions in 2019 where she played regina george and mean girls on broadway at 19 years old And her run was cut short because of COVID, which God knows how well her theater career would have skyrocketed, but it probably wouldn't have led her to getting cast on Sex Lives of College Girls a few months later. So which leads to today, Renee has released an EP called Everything to Everyone, which which has over 1 million. She's over 1 million followers on TikTok and is the epitome of the Gen Z girly. Uh, She teased her hit signal tattoos on TikTok for months months I tell you like by like putting a drips and drabs of the song and she amassed like thousands of fans before her first single even dropped because of the way that she teased her signal Um and her EP is full of ballads that allow her Broadway voice to dominate and that doesn't always make for the best pop song For example, I think there are a few songs on the EP where her bombastic voice feels more like a show tune than you can kind of tell though she's going for like a pop R&B vibes. But I think Renee's vulnerability and her real connection, which she has with her fans on social media is going to make her the ultimate star. She's already well on her way. She sold out small shows and is about to hit a mini tour in Europe. And she's just like the girl of Gen Z. She's mastered the art of feeling, you feel close to her without actually knowing her in real life. And I'm sure you've probably seen her on your for you page and haven't even realized like who she
0: is. You know, that's what happened to me. I thought she was just a TikToker because I always saw her just talking, just TikToking. And then I found out that she was um, that she had been on Mean Girls and could sing. And I like literally that was such a surprise to me because I thought she was just a TikToker. And then Logan was watching Sex Lives of College Girls because I thought I didn't want to watch it. And I like went downstairs and I was like, that girl's on TikTok. And then I realized she's literally Renee Rap and is just all- everywhere all the time.
2: And what's funny about that too, is that, I mean, I, I think I'm the least experienced with TikTok of the three of us, but I do think that. Like someone can have 10 million followers on TikTok and you could just see them once and you will never see them again in your whole life. And they have like no cultural impact outside of the people who follow them. And even then it's like, who knows? Um, So it's cool that, you know, I, I relate to you being like, oh, here's like this person who has a lot of followers, but who is she? And then you're like, oh, she's, she is on these traditional mediums that I equate with, you know pop culture success she's on tv she's on broadway so anyway it's my two cents
1: yeah speaking of broadway i'm gonna play you guys a better clip clip than even her at 19 is um her doing promo for mean girls which i don't know if any of you saw but it is not a good show and i should also (laughs) say that renee is going to be playing regina george in the movie version of mean girls the musical too which is coming out uh oh i
0: forgot about that right Hey, Katie, how you like me? I
1: wanna watch the world burn.
0: I got the gasoline. I wanna watch the world burn. The gasoline on a star, oh, word,
1: yeah. okay that's just a, a taste and that's not on her ep although you know he can't take bob out of the girl so some songs uh like tattoos which i recommend that you start with it's a, it's a little broadway even if she doesn't want it to be however she's pivoted very well to too well which i think is a very great pop song that slaps and I've listened to on repeat. Some songs are hit or miss, but I, I think she's going to shape it really well. She just got signed by like, uh, Electra records. Um, but if you like Fletcher and you also like Ben Platt, I think she's a good, uh, a good listen. Even if you don't like Ben Platt.
2: Yeah. Hypothetically, <laughs> right, sure. like that's why I said Fletcher or so oh, I was just going to, you know, I, yeah, no, I think that's good. I, even if you don't like, yeah, you, I was just going to say, even if you don't like Ben Platt, um, too well is like truly a banger. I think it's for anyone. I don't think you need to like anyone else to like that song. <laughs>
1: wow. That is a ringing endorsement. That's beautiful. Ooh, I also recommend the bridge on moon. If you can get through, you gotta listen to it enough that the first part is okay. The bridge on moon is very beautiful. She's and going I truly. places. Regret not seeing her at at Bowery Electric when she was here. Mm. But alas, it was full of a lot of Gen Z lesbians uh, because Renee is bisexual. So it's very, she's very big in the Gen Z queer community.
0: That sounds like it would have been a very fun show to be a part of.
1: Yes, but maybe not for a 31 year old straight person. I felt that I was like, I'll let these Gen Z Gen Z
0: people, have yeah. It. Anyway, these
2: Gen Zs, Gen Z, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, I'll listen on, I'll watch the TikToks. Okay, Hannah, back to you with another.
0: All right, okay. My second pick of the day is Molly Tuttle. Becky, and Mimi, have you heard of Molly Tuttle? Has she come across not your desk? <laughs> Has she?
2: Well, <laughs> she hasn't really truly crossed my desk till now but I did listen to a song that you will be recommending and I thought it was amazing. I was obsessed with the, uh, the guitar all actually like virtually every guitar moment. So,
0: so yes and no. Okay, great. Well, that's very exciting. Um, Yeah. I only learned about Molly Tuttle recently um, and I learned about her from the B-Sides Instagram. Yay. The B-Sides Instagram. (laughs) Um, I had shared when actually, as we were talking about earlier, when, um, so she was another nominee for best new artists of the year. So we have two of those nominees in this episode. And when I shared the best new Artist on nominees on Instagram, and I was like, do, do people know these people? Or do we like these people? Tons of responses, Molly Tuttle, Molly Tuttle, Molly Tuttle. And I was like, Whoa, okay, great. I should probably know who this person is. So as Mimi mentioned, Molly Tuttle also didn't win Best New Artist. That um, honor went to Samara Joy, but it was still a big day for her. The Grammys and um, her album was also nominated for Best Bluegrass Album. So that's pretty exciting. Big day. So Molly is one of the oldest of the bunch coming in at 30 years old. Um, She's a bluegrass artist from California. Her most recent album is called Crooked Tree, which is also a song on the album that's really delightful. It's her fourth album, but it's her first fully bluegrass album, as far as I understand. And she's incredibly talented. She is an amazing guitarist and banjo player. And I really like I just like the the stories and the concepts and the vibes behind each song. Like each song really is just a whole universe. I think like a really clear example of that to share with you is a song called Dooley's Farm. It's a very classic, like dark bluegrass outlaw song. It's really moody and sinister, but also fun. Um, it's based on a bluegrass song or like, it's not based on, but it, it's kind of like continuing the story of a bluegrass song that was called Dooley, Where Dooley is a farmer who's a moonshiner and like an outlaw. And in Molly Tuttle's modernized version, there's this like, I'm this is a little bit of spoiler alert, but there's this like lyrical and sonic twist where you realize the narrator of the song is Dooley's granddaughter and she's growing weed on the farm. So like her grandfather was a moonshiner and now she's growing weed. And so sorry for the spoiler, but I just wanted to share that like clever and satisfying storytelling that I think is a real hallmark of bluegrass music and that Molly is like really really great at um so I think you should know her because a lot of b-sides listeners already do so get on board like I just did and they want to talk with about her with you in the discord that's like kind of a shout out to our discord but also I got a lot of dms being like do other people like Molly Tuttle like we talk about her I was like oh yeah let me listen to her and then we should talk about her so actually jump in the discord if you like Molly Tuttle and give a little you know sounding call for your for your fellow Molly Tuttle fans so I had a hard time picking who she sounds like um she definitely has that like velvety vocal quality that Allison Kra- Krauss has but her Allison Kraus's voice is much like higher and I don't know more like uh, almost ethereal. So I was trying to think of like, who's like a grounding country vocalist that like can take Alison Krauss, like down just to the, to the earth. And the person I could think that I was like really listening and trying to find, um, the closest analogy to was Miranda Lambert. I'm not sure if she really sounds like a Miranda Lambert cross with Alison Krauss, but you know, you all will listen and you'll, and you'll tell me. Um, her whole album "Crooked Tree" is amazing, but if I could pick one song to start with, it would be "Take the Journey," which is not from this most recent album, but is just a really—it's just a delight. And is that Mimi the song that you had listened to that you liked? It is, yeah. It's just fun.
2: It's so fun. It's, like it's so epic. It's epic. It's propulsive, which is yeah. a word that we used to use a lot, and we're gonna use it again now. Um, in a in a in a blue grassy way. You know, yeah, it's great. Thank you for the recommendation. And I love your note about the storytelling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's real. Awesome. Back to Becky with her last pick. And then I'll close Again,
1: shout out to B-Sides listener because to Laura, to our Instagram friend for the recommendation of Brittany Spencer, who... I, I don't know how I didn't cross paths before, but now I know that she is definitely on the up and up Brittany who like many before her moved to Nashville in her early twenties to jumpstart her career, but as a black, not skinny woman, she had a harder time fitting in finding glam or even finding clothes that fit, which she talks about a bunch in a lot of interviews. And then in 2020, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about how the pandemic hurt a lot of artists, but for Brittany, it actually, she went viral. As you know, some people did do in 2020 as we were glued to our phones more than we were before, uh, which seems to have escalated her to a lot of success because she performed a cover of The High Woman's Crowded Table. And she quickly rose to fame with people from The High Woman, including Natalie Shears and Marion Morris, uh, inviting her to perform with them. And so she would then later release her EP and is now even an honorary member of The High Woman high woman and in 2021 she alongside two other black country singers um mickey gutton and madeline edwards and we've talked about mickey before She sang love my hair at the cmas which was a very powerful uh, moment and i'll drop the youtube in the discussion so uh everyone else can watch it since i don't think it's available to put on the spotify playlist and Oh, this is why I thought about Electra. I take back my Renee Rap comment. It is Britney Spencer who just signed with Electra Records. I don't know about Renee Rap, but I'm, I'm correcting myself from 20 minutes ago. Anyway, so Britney, though exciting, has signed with them and a full album is expected to be released later this year. And meanwhile, she's touring Willie Nelson, Megan Thee Stallion, Marin Morris, and Brandi Carlisle. Um, I'm sad because my opener for Marin Morris was Casey Musgraves' ex-husband. And not Britney Spencer. And I no would way. much rather.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot that part. Heart. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I must, much rather would have had Brittany Spencer. So now that I know her and I think she's destined for great success also because I think country music, which was born out of black culture, another, another thing like, yeah, why people stole from slaves and packaged and branded to make money off of for themselves uh, without really any acknowledgement, which is a. Podcast for another day, but in recent years we've really seen a sort of a spike in a Black country artists um, who have started to achieve mainstream success, like Little Nasx, Darius Rucker, and Kane Brown, who are all uh, men. But I think that there's a lot of space for women Black singers, country singers too, and I'm really excited. And I and I've only gotten to know her now for a week, and I can't stop listening to like a lot of her songs. And I think if you listen to her. If you like Marin Morris, Casey Musgraves, The Chicks, any of that like folk pop country sounds, she has a really great cover of a, of the Chicks song. If I, you can start there. You can start with um, Sober and Skitty and then 100 Years. And she's really, really good. And I was texting my friend about her, and who my friend who really likes Marin, and she was like, oh, Bernie Spencer did a. Um, like uh, she works and she works in post-production for commercials and Britney did a voiceover for one of the commercials she worked on that's fun yeah so I'm excited for Britney and her album this year and I'm mad at Marin Morris for not giving us her but giving her as Casey Musgraves' ex-husband instead
2: Marin Morris is not on a humble quest (laughs) <laughs> She's yeah. that shit. That
1: tour was amazing and had it been brittany spencer probably would have been more amazing but alas the
0: quest she only got some quests awesome well i'll take us home so my last an hour last pick of the night of the day of the podcast is griff so griff we almost didn't pick her because she you might know her already you might know griff this She's not a total up-and-comer, but we just want to make sure um, Griff is a British pop girly. She's 22 years old, and I knew her a bit um, over the last few years, but I really fell in love with her after hearing her song with Sigrid, who's another amazing artist, called Head on Fire. And if I remember correctly, Mimi, this was one of your 2022 top songs, right?
2: Maybe. You absolutely do remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song and I loved, um, her mixtape, which
0: I think you're going to talk about, but really that song was a new level. Mimi, would you think that Griff fits into this episode or would you say she's already too famous?
2: Um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have occurred to me because she's like slightly too famous, but I think she fits in pretty well because I don't know that she's super well-known, you know, right. in her like 2021, like that was still a mixtape, which I think you'll talk about, but, um, I think, I think she would not have occurred to me because she is too familiar to me, but I, yeah. I think she fits and that she's not super well-known. Okay, great.
1: I had the same thought as Hannah to include her. So, right. Oh. I Yeah. I think it's the Taylor Swift of it all that makes her feel famous yes. to us.
0: Yes, she has gotten the Taylor Swift stamp of approval. Um, Yes, yeah. so as Mimi mentioned, she's only had one, you know, I thought it was an album, but I guess that 2021, One Foot in Front of the Other is just, was a mixtape, not an album.
1: Uh,
2: I think she had an EP in yeah. 2019, and, and it's a mixtape in... Twenty Twenty One. It's only seven songs, right? So maybe that's why it's it's called that. Um. Yeah, semantics. Right.
0: Well, that's exciting because it means that something that more is coming. That's what that tells me. Maybe that's just you know, maybe just uh wishful thinking. I think so too. Right. So yeah, that album mixed slash mixtape is called uh one foot in front of the other, and. I don't know why I felt called to talk about this. I love all of her visuals. I really like her music videos. Um, And I love the album art on one foot in front of the other. I was looking at it today. It's this black and white shot of her like crouching on a tightrope, looking very focused, but also precarious because it's a tightrope. And it's shot from below. And it's just really evocative because for me at first glance, it looked like someone jumping and like having fun. And then you realize it's actually someone kind of struggling to stay put, to stay safe. And I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of metaphors here. There's, or just, there's like a lot coming up in that and, and with the, the title one foot in front of the other. So just wanted to share that. I think some outstanding songs from that uh, mixtape are Black Hole, Shade of Yellow, and Walk. Um, Shade of Yellow is a song that Taylor Swift once posted to her stories being like everyone should listen to the song. So if you're a Swifty, you can start with Shade of Yellow. And I think you should know her because she's a straight up pop star. The others that I've suggested, um, Ethel Kane and Molly Tuttle, and then others that we've kind of talked about in this, um, in this episode have more or less, some of them have been in other genres, but if you're here because you're a pop fan, like we all are, the Griff is your girl. Like this is pop music. And of course you should know her because Taylor loves her, as we've mentioned, um, I had a hard time figuring out who she sounds like, or who you, you know, if you listen to you, sh- this are artist, you should listen to Griff. I think that her vocals sound like Julia Michaels, especially live. I actually, my YouTube like auto-played a live, uh, version of one of her songs. And I thought it was a Julia Michaels vocal for a little bit. Um, so there's a Julia Michaels vibe there, but like, it's just, it's so much poppier even than that. Like I, so I said, Julia Michaels, if Carly Ray Jepsen helped her with some sad girl pop production. I love that. It's why
1: she kind of, I'm on vibes. I don't know, yeah. maybe a little. I was also surprised that Taylor, that she wasn't opening for Taylor at one of the, one of her
0: spots. Maybe she will in the UK tour.
1: You raise an excellent point
0: maybe that Good call. No, you're right. That's a good.
1: That's good. I forgot about the rest of the country or let's rest hope of the, I forgot the about way- the rest of the world. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, good thought.
0: Okay. Another thing about Griff, that's not as important as like her ability to write beautiful songs and sing them well is she has amazing ponytail game. She has like her, I associate her, like her signature hairstyle with like a very, very long ponytail, But rather than like when Ariana Grande had her ponytail, it was always the same. Griff always does like cool things with her ponytail. And I just feel like that's really fun.
2: That actually seems more important than anything. um, Right. (laughs) Because if I had that kind of ponytail game, I think that I would actually be unstoppable. But unfortunately, we can't all have that. And so we have to recognize it when it shows up in our lives
0: it's that tweet format. Like once I figure out my ponytail game, it's over for all of you. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. So that's Griff. I think um, a song to start with would be black hole, but Mimi and Becky, since you both know her, is there a song that you would recommend people start with in addition? I, I would go with walk. I love walk. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an amazing song, but anywhere is a good place to start with Griff I think and I do think it's the beginning of hopefully an exciting career for her for sure
2: yeah and I would say start with head on fire since that really took us yeah to the top but I think I think her other songs are catchy enough that it's worth listening to some of them first and then listening to head on fire and being like oh okay
0: okay And by the way, if you're there and you haven't also listened to Sigrid's music, just click on over Mm -hmm. and, you know, grab a few Sigrid songs. Just
2: on your way, just while you're there.
0: Add add to cue. So that's Griff. That's my last pick of the episode.
1: And before we leave, um, we want to just do some honorable mentions here. Take a moment, you know, to really, we didn't forget about you guys. We just think You you might know them. They're not total newbies, but we have to make sure they come across your desk.
0: Hannah, take it away. (laughs) Yes. This is our no excuses section, right? Would you agree? This is like by the end of this episode, we're all on the same page. And the first person to start with, I think we're all on the same page, but in case we're not yet, is Maisie Peters. Maisie Peters is amazing. We actually just, um, this is kind of a coincidence in terms of the timing, we just posted on our Instagram one of my favorite kinds of Instagram posts we make, which is like a, a crowdsourcing post. So we ask people to like share, you know, where to start with and what they love about different artists. And we did this with Maisie Peters just uh, recently. So check out our Instagram and see a lot of people have a lot of love for her. She's just a wonderful, another British pop girly, um, a little more like singer songwriter and like, I don't know, different than Griff, um, but also like just you can't even call her an up-and-comer anymore because because she's here. She's arrived. So make sure to listen. Another Taylor Swift girly who will be on tour with her
1: is none other than Nepo baby Gracie Abrams, who's J.J.R. Abrams.
0: J.J.? Is that?
1: Yeah, the guy who made all of those movies. J.J. Abrams. J.J. J. Abrams. J.J.R. I was confronting him with J.R. Tolkien in my mind. Because Didn't J.J. J. Abrams make all, all of those the science fiction movies? Me,
0: <laughs> right face. now, is covering her eyes. Like, there's a lot of misunderstandings happening here.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine if her dad was J.R. Tolkien?
0: <laughs> I think that she would be really old. Yeah, he's she all, would be he's old. all of our father
1: in a way. <laughs> sure. Gracie yeah. Abrams is is great. And I recommend listening to her if you're looking for some Gen Z sad girl and maybe you're seeing her on tour. I don't actually, I don't think she's at any of the, the tours I'm going to, unfortunately. But
0: any of the tours, Becky, rub it in. You're seeing her twice. <laughs> any yeah, of if the anyone tours.
1: got Beyonce tickets, so let us know because my luck has run out. Yeah, true. For now. For now. Moving on to...
2: Rina Sawayama, who I am obsessed with and who is amazing and who is the ancient age of 32 years old. Love her. She, I feel like she must have grown up with a lot of the same things that we did, not only because she is closer in age to us than a lot of the people we've been talking about, but because she is she's been described many many times as a musical chameleon and but is also has her very own unique sound and she just sounds like a mix of so many things that were on total request live in the mm-hmm. 2000s and i'm obsessed with her and she's so talented and yeah if you haven't heard from if you i was gonna say if you haven't heard from her
0: she hasn't texted you, you back <laughs> right.
2: If she has to text you back, go listen to her uh, self-titled debut album from 2020. And um maybe she will text you back.
0: It does feel like she is like she is the inheritor of the millennial pop genre that yes. yeah, it, it is like hers now to carry forward. No, <laughs> pressure. Like. no pressure. No pressure,
2: absolutely no pressure, but yeah. um yes, the weight of that is on her shoulders.
0: Yeah.
1: And last but not least is someone I, a lot of you recommended. I, we're actually in a dispute Um, in the B-sides here. I, I think that Mimi Webb is like relatively famous. Hannah would say no. So I maybe just this never is heard someone, of her. <laughs> maybe this is someone that hasn't come across your desk. And actually maybe we should have talked about, but a lot of you guys recommended her and- I I think she's a fun pop girly. Can't tell you much about her,
0: but now she's come across your desk. She's been honorably mentioned and you can't say it didn't happen.
2: I'm somewhere in the middle between your opinions, but I have to stand in solidarity with all Mimi's in the world. And therefore, I guess I'll side with Becky on this one.
0: Love it. Great honorable mentions.
2: Yay. And- um, the playlist that I mentioned earlier that we will be dishing out this month, the month of February, will have more recommendations, including some more people that were mentioned in the DMS on Instagram. So thank everyone. Thanks everyone for that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Look
1: out for the playlist. Look out for it. Look out. <laughs> Look out! and that's our show but it's not the end of the conversation because we've mentioned about three other times that you're going to get a playlist which you should then log on to the discourse and tell us your thoughts about and we can discourse i like wait. calling it
0: the discourse it
2: should be it <laughs> 100 should be called the oh discord. my you could tell us your discourse
1: and- on the discord yes <laughs> yeah um and if you have a second and you want to support us, please leave us a review on iTunes on, or your uh, podcast app of choice. This is not a monopoly. Nope. It's not a monopoly deal. I'm okay, not sponsored. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the B-Sides podcast. We want to connect with you.
0: Check out the show notes to find our Instagram, Twitter, and join our discord, where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop.
2: Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already, and consider supporting the B-sides on Patreon. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Mimi.
1: I'm Becky.
0: I'm Hannah.